This is an ABC podcast. Yeah, fly, sweet bramble, fly! Wow, they are amazing. Molly truly is the horse talker. That a girl, bramble? <laughs> I know you don't like the creek, but just a quick splash to cool off, okay? <laughs> Yeah, Carl does look funny trying to dress like a cowboy. You're right. <coughs> oh, of course. Here you go, Brambles. Here's some hay. Yum, yum, yum. It's true what they say about you. It's like you can talk to them. Well, Carl, the trick isn't talking. No one can actually speak to horses. It's all about knowing how to listen. Amazing. <laughs> it just brings a tear to the eye. Oh, it's almost as beautiful as my bond with Ziggy the donkey. But despite these beautiful times we've shared with the horses, or in your case, donkey, Carl, I think it's time for me to hang up my saddle and design a Jillaroo boots. But the sequins, they're so pretty. As much as I love it, I've just begun to wonder whether I should keep riding Bramble. Because of the saddle rash? What? No, stop telling everyone about the saddle rash. No, I'm just not sure it's the right thing to do. Because... Maybe horses don't actually like it. No way. Why not? Horse riding is so fun and the horses seem to love you. Yeah, that may be true, but that doesn't mean they necessarily want to be ridden. Well, let's figure this one out together. Today on Short and Curly, should we ride horses? Hello, and today you're listening to... Short, you're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Yay! Short and curly! Curly, 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 curly. Short and curly! Carl, did you know that people have been riding horses for at least 5,000 years? Yeah, no, I did know that. They made it possible for humans to travel much greater distances than they had before. Mm -hmm. I know that too. And much faster. Yeah, I wrote that bit of script for you. Sometimes they've been our companions in wars and battles. But these days, most horse riding is just for sport and recreation. I wonder whether our Brains Trust from Newtown Public School have had much experience in the saddle. Let's hear what they had to say about horse riding. The horse was very big and I, I was just so scared. That was the first and last time I, I have ridden a horse. It's because the animals is actually sentient. The bike, you can perfectly control, but with a horse, you, it, you can't think for it. It thinks for itself. You, have, it's more guide, you more guide the horse than control the horse. It feels kind of weird at first and strange. It's like sitting in a car is second nature to most humans, but sitting on a horse is entirely different. It was kind of calming, the trip truck going along, and it was also quite hot. The horse's body is very hot when you sit on it. Riding a horse feels like you're going to die, especially when your parents have told you a story about your father falling into a pothole on a horse and breaking his arm. So I felt like I was going to die. Huh. Okay, so yeah, it sounds fun, but maybe also a bit scary sometimes. Yeah, it can be dangerous, but it's a horse's strength 
that makes the riding so exhilarating. And they're actually naturally very gentle, often shy creatures, kind of like me. Yeah, me too. Hey, Molly, I've got a question. Oh, well, why don't we pause the show here to chat about the question with those around you? Or you might like to just take a moment to come up with your own answer. And our thinking question is... What are some reasons why it might be good to ride a horse? And what are some reasons why it might be bad? Hit pause now. And now it's time to bring in the cavalry. Ella is a short and curly listener who not only loves riding horses, but also has her own horse, Skeeter. He is so cute. He's the cutest horse I've ever seen. You can look into his eyes and he looks loving. I just love him so much. There's like, he's never done anything wrong. It feels amazing to ride him. We love each other so much. And it's just like a match made in heaven. It truly is an experience like no other. I feel like they understand us. I know when he's sad because he, like, puts his head down and he half shuts his eyes and he comes up to me and he rubs his um, head on my shoulder. But when he's happy, he'll have his head up. Sometimes he starts prancing and um, he'll have his eyes wide open and he'll run up to me and it's just... But, yeah, he talks to me and I talk to him. I can just feel it when he's talking to me. Hey, is that a dust storm coming in? No, it looks more like a herd of cattle. And wait, who's that out front? Yeah, yeah, old silver. <gasps> it's Matt. He's riding old silver, the aged grey mini Shetland pony. Such mastery. The two of them are leading the herd into the stables. Whoa, Silver. Whoa, girl. Whoa. Hey, Matt. Hey, easy, girl. Molly, old Silver seems to be acting out today. Can you help me figure out why she's horsing around? Of course. What's that, Sylvie? Oh, yeah, for sure. Time for some water and snacks. You just had a big ride. I see, so you seem to really want carrots today. There you go. Ah, there's nothing quite like a day on the saddle, right, Carl? Actually, come to think of it, have you ever ridden a horse, Carl? Well, the first animal I rode was a camel. Always trying to be different. Yeah, Molly, it was very different. But I have had some amazing experiences riding horses too. Like when I went for a horseback trail ride around the snowy river. Yeah, there's something amazing about riding a horse that really brings us back to nature. Ideally, it helps to remind us that we are part of nature and that we rely on nature as much as it relies on us. That makes sense. When I'm out riding, I've got to listen to Bramble and trust her. I know she won't buck me off and she'll tell me if something doesn't feel right. It's like, even though I have the reins, I'm not totally in control. We're a team. That's a really nice way to look at it, Molly. But, unfortunately, even though you're a team, you're not sharing the danger equally. When a human rides a horse, it's much riskier for the horse than for the human. 
But how is that possible? The horse is so much bigger. Well, when a horse is carrying a human, there's a lot of extra weight on its back. And they're being asked to do risky things like racing at high speeds, jumping over obstacles or carrying heavy loads. Did you just call me a load? But what also makes it dangerous is that we're also telling the horse how to move and where to go instead of letting the horse trust its instincts and make its own decisions about where is best to run, how is best to move and what kinds of things are unsafe. Huh. I'd never really thought of it like that. Right? Even though horse riding creates beautiful connections, it puts the horses at risk of injury and sometimes even death, all for our benefit. Death? You mean my majestic stallion? Your donkey. Okay, donkey is in danger as he gallops... Walks. Okay, walks across the untamed wilderness? Eh, park. Well, that actually sounds pretty safe. But for the riding that we're talking about here... There is more risk when you put a human on the back of an animal. But it gets even more complicated because even though some horses will be injured when humans ride them, in general, horses who are kept by humans live better, longer lives than ones who live in the wild. So is it a good or a bad thing for me to take Bramble out for a ride? Well, like I say, it's complicated. It's great that we can have special relationships with animals, so long as the animals enjoy those relationships too. So, the big question is, do the horses actually like being ridden? Well, let's hear from an experienced horse trainer about that very question. Australian-born Andy Booth teaches humans how to work with horses. So, does he think horses actually like being ridden? If we were able to walk out into a pasture and say to a horse, do you want to stay here with your friends and keep eating or would you rather be ridden? The horse would choose to stay out in the pasture and keep keep eating with his friends. So I find when I walk out in a pasture these days, my horses all come up to me. Now that doesn't mean they want to be ridden, but they associate me with something that's nice to be with. So, Molly, as a famous horse talker... Listener. What do the horses say about being ridden? Or rather, what do they nay? Like, nay rhymes with say, and horses go nay. Oh. Why don't we all take a second now for another thinking question? And the question is, do you think horses like being ridden? And how would you know if they liked it or not? Hit pause now. So, Molly, your turn, oh wise horse talker. Tell us what Bramble has to say about being ridden. Carl, like I keep telling you, I can't actually speak to horses like I would speak to you. I just try to understand what Bramble might be feeling based on the way she behaves. It takes a lot of training to teach a horse to be okay with having a human ride them. Yeah, I guess you can't just jump on any old random horse's back and get your yeehaw on. No, you can't. In the past, horse trainers used to break horses in, which was a pretty nasty process. Here's Andy again. Horses, when they first get in close contact with humans, get quite scared. And what humans used to do was try and get the horse over that 
by giving the horse lots of scary things and saying, now you need to get over this and get over this. And the horse would basically um, resign, would basically stop, he'd quit, he'd quit fighting and he'd give up. And then that meant, okay, now I can get on. Now that you've given up, I can get on you. And we've changed a lot in the last maybe 20, 30 years, I think, but really in the last 10 years, we've learned so much more. And now we're understanding, okay, how can we introduce the horse to the saddle, introduce the horse to the rider? How can we get on the horse, but do it in a way that works with the horse's ability to understand things instead of working against that nature? Today, people like Andy Booth train horses differently. When I put the saddle on and things like that, I really have to think about his perspective on it and say, okay, now I'm going to put this this thing on your back. It's going to feel a little bit tight, so I'll put it on nice and slowly and allow the horse to move around with it and understand that that's not a dangerous thing. Don't be scared of that. But it needs to start really, really slowly, just like you did when you learned how to read and learned how to write. It started with the alphabet and then it became a word and then it became a sentence until it all becomes a kind of a communication system. So what are some of the difficulties of working with a horse so you can ride them? When getting on the horse isn't so hard, it's explaining uh, things like how to turn and how to stop. And these things we need to explain really, really clearly. We've got a bridle and that's got a, there's a bit in his mouth. And we put a little pressure on it, and when the horse does the right thing, we take the pressure away really quickly. And the horse has the impression, if we're doing it right, the horse has the impression that he's almost training the human, that I can control my human, and the human has the impression that I can control the horse, and that each one thinks that they're controlling the other one. But no one feels dominated, and no one feels like they're being forced to do anything. YouTube. Wow, that was really interesting, wasn't it? That idea about trainers making their ideas become the horse's ideas, like Andy said. I want to talk about that for a little bit. Do you want to talk about it because you think it's actually bad? Well, you tell me. Let me tell you a little story. It comes from a book called The Restaurant at the End of the Universe by Douglas Adams. I love that book. I'm not surprised. It reminds me of you, actually. Wacky, random, ridiculous. (laughs) Stop. You're making me blush. Kiss already. Anyway, in the book, there's a creature called the Amiglian Major Cow. This is a special cow. It was designed by scientists in a lab, and it can think, talk, and reason just like a person. And the thing that it wants most out of anything in the world is to be eaten. What? Yep, it's a cow that actually wants to be eaten. It works really hard to make itself as tasty as possible to wind up on a plate one day. It is so weird and gross. So here's the question. If the cow wants to be eaten, what's the big problem? Well, the problem is the cow wouldn't want to be eaten if humans hadn't created it to be that way. Yes, that's exactly right. Being eaten probably isn't very good for the cow, so it seems unfair to create a cow that wants to be eaten. But isn't that similar to what we've been saying about training horses? We make them want to do things they might not have otherwise wanted, and we do this through a process called 
conditioning. Conditioning is when we introduce rewards or punishments to shape what something or someone wants to do or how they behave. It's like when a horse behaves well and you give them a sugar cube. Eventually, you don't need to give them the sugar cube to make them behave well. That's conditioning. Yeah, I'd do anything for a sugar cube. But there's a big difference between making a horse want someone to ride them and making a cow want to be eaten, <laughs> isn't there? Yeah, there is. But it's interesting to think about where we draw that line between what kinds of conditioning are okay and what aren't. Because people don't just condition animals. We condition other humans as well. Hold the phone. I've never had someone try to coax me into the stables when I'm happy out in the fields. Are you sure? You've never been offered dessert if you eat all your vegetables? Or seen an ad on TV that showed lots of happy, healthy people enjoying a delicious, sugary soft drink? These are other ways that we can make our ideas become someone else's ideas, which is exactly what horse trainers do. And this tells us something pretty important, that it's not enough to find out if the horse enjoys what it's doing. We need to know whether what it's doing is actually good for the horse. When we have both of those things, then I think we can say that the horse is living a really good life. Okay. I reckon I know what Bramble's trying to say. Uh, She's doing it, Matt, talking to her horsey friends. Yep, she's in the mood for a final thinking question. Wow, it's so beautiful watching you connect like this. And our question is, do you think we can still have a lovely, meaningful relationship with horses, even if we don't ride them? Hit pause now. So now it's time for a final word from our listener, Ella. What does Ella think? Do horses want us to ride them? I do compare that to humans and, like, how would we feel if we had a dog riding on our back? It's a bit strange. They definitely like the attention that it provides when you ride them. Um... It also depends on the rider. If you've got a nice rider who knows what they're doing, they would enjoy it. But if you've got a rider who doesn't really know what they're doing and is always pulling on the bridle, they've got a piece in their mouth called a bit and it pulls back on their cheeks and it will really, like, it really hurts when you pull on the reins often. So they don't, I don't think they like that when the riders inexperienced and don't know what they're doing. And what about just hanging out around humans? Do you think horses just naturally feel happier or less happy when they're hanging around humans? Well, it really depends on the horse. Some horses are way more affectionate than other horses. Some horses will just butt on off over into the paddocks, but then other horses love humans and just want to be around them. Do you think if all horse riding just completely stopped, you weren't allowed to ride horses anymore, do you think you would enjoy just hanging out with Skeeter? Yeah, definitely. I couldn't let go of him. 
Well, Molly, I think it's time to hang up the saddle. Wait, what are, you, what are you doing with that saddle? After thousands of years of asking them to do all the work for us, I think it's time we gave them a hand. No, don't put the saddle on your back, Carl. Oh, the reins are really pulling at my cheeks. Up, Ziggy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, you're heavy. Carl, you cannot carry a donkey on your shoulders. You're just all heavy muscle, aren't you? Oh, no, Ziggy's feeding him a carrot. Hang on to the reins. This is so weird to be watching. And we're away! Well, I guess I should take the rest of the herd out with them just to see how this all goes down. Come on, Brains Trust Herd! Kate, Wolfgang, Gabriel, Jesse, Betty and Honey. Out you go. That's it. Brains Trust, oh, don't run so fast. Oh, Ziggy, you are enormous. Carl, just stop. Just Ah, stop whipping me, Ziggy. I need to go home. Put the crop down. Well, this was a horrible thing to see. This has been an ABC podcast. Check out the ABC Kids Listen app. It's full of educational and entertaining audio programs. Hey, while you're still here, we thought you might like to check out the Fierce Girls podcast. It's got great stories of super cool and interesting people. Like Caroline Buchanan, who was only nine years old when she competed in the World BMX Bike Championship. She's totally rad and snoky-pokey. That isn't a word. It means awesome. I actually invent a new word every day. Yesterday's word was scoobity bup bup jazz. To hear about people way cooler than Carl, check out the Fierce Girls podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 